You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your headspace, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, AJ Andrews of JaysFromTheCouch.com. Recording this on a Saturday night, but this is coming out to you Sunday morning, so I'm going to do my best to take you to church. Um, not really. Who would trust me in charge of a church? I mean, I'm the person who scared away Mormons by telling them a story about pizza heaven, and I became a legend in the Mormon community, and I know this because a former girlfriend of mine told me I was a legend in the Mormon community for trying to convert the missionaries. So, yeah, no one should trust me in charge of a church. That's a bad idea. But I will preach some baseball for a little bit today. And then in the second half, I'm going to give away to Aram Layton, who is discussing hitting techniques with Griffin Conine and what he's doing to try and uh, change his luck when it comes to batting. So we'll be talking about that a little later. Um, Because Griffin Conine's not the only person who needs to change his luck when it comes to batting on the Blue Jays. Because, as we have made very clear on this week's set of episodes of the podcast the Blue Jays are hitting like hot garbage it is getting to be very sad and it makes me very sad so why do I feel strangely optimistic today even with the news that the Red Sox have changed their mind they're not going to go with a bullpen day because how the hell can you have a bullpen day when you just spent the last two games having a bullpen day. I mean, granted, the Blue Jays did the same thing yesterday. But, you know, it it stands to reason that you need someone to be able to give you some innings at some point, right? So, the Red Sox are doing that by turning to Nathan Neovaldi, the guy who throws 99 miles an hour. And asking him to get the series victory for the Red Sox against the Blue Jays in that Sunday contest. And I think this might actually be a good thing for the Blue Jays. Because Nathan Eovaldi isn't a, a junk pitcher. Like they faced the past couple nights in Ryan Weber. And Zach Godley, who, again, seems to just baffle the Blue Jays. Except when he's on the Blue Jays, in which case he is baffling to watch. So, first, there's Nathan Eovaldi's track record, which, in two starts against Toronto last year, he only lasted nine and a third innings and gave up eight runs in that time. Ten strikeouts. But six walks and 12 hits leading to those eight runs. So, 
there is a chance for the Blue Jays to be slightly more productive against the pitcher they're familiar with, that they know some of his tendencies, they know the heat is coming, so they can deal with it. And it actually plays into how the Blue Jays have been swinging the bat because we've seen them be incredibly stupidly aggressive at the plate. Well, they have to be in order to keep up with the 99-mile-an-hour heat. So, if Eovaldi is going to start throwing fastballs, then it's actually possible that the Blue Jays can keep up with them and start driving them the other way. And third, it's almost a stupid optimism, but law of averages, right? I mean, at some point, the nine athletes that are that are out there the majority of the time for the Blue Jays have to have something go in their favor I mean last night it wasn't like they were hitting the ball terribly they got nine hits against Boston last night but some of those hits you know obviously weren't cashed in because of again stupid base running thank you Roddy Telez and just an inability to get that clutch hit when needed. Or or just, you know, put the ball in play. But there were some outs that, you know, a couple of those hits would be home runs in other parts. Maybe not the Rowdy Telez um, belt to right field that Kevin Pillar did Kevin Pillar things to. But that would have been like an extra base hit. In a different park. The loud Kevin Biggio fly out to Jackie Bradley Jr. Would have been a home run. If that game was played in Toronto. And not in Boston. And then uh, Biggio again. With the with the liner right at Mitch Moreland for a double play. Like that That's the sort of double play where I'm like. Well what can you really do about that? There's There's nothing. So, I can't even fault him for for hitting into that one. So, eventually, the luck has got to turn around for the Blue Jays, which is kind of weird to say because they've had a fair amount of luck when it comes to putting the ball in play. Well, some of them anyway. Um, Heading into last night's game, Teoscar Hernandez had had a batting average on balls in play of .333. Travis Shaw, 375. Um, and then Lourdes Gurriel and Bo Bichette, both above 300. Randall Grichik is above 300 as well. So there are guys who have been able to get the ball in play. And then there are guys like Kevin Biggio, who's sub 200. Danny Jansen, Roddy Telez, both sub, sub 170. Reese McGuire, 125 on on his batting average on balls in place. So... Some of that's got to turn around. As a whole, the Blue Jays have a have a 250 BABIP. But, again, you have to think some of that is tur- is going to turn around. And, and it's not like the Blue Jays have anyone else who they can be like, all right, you're going to get a hit for us, go out and get it. Because they really don't. They are operating with a short bench. They option Billy McKinney to make room for Chase Anderson, so... There are four guys on the bench any given night, and two of those guys can't hit. Anthony Alford and Brandon Drury can't freaking hit this year. So, 
what are you going to do with them? I mean, according to Fangrass, Anthony Alford's been worth negative 25 runs created. Brandon Dury, negative 35 runs created. And then Joe Panic, the third member of that bench, nine. Nine. Creative runs created plus, according to Fangraphs. So that's the bench. Reese McGuire is probably your number one pinch hitter. And if that's the case, how? How are you supposed to change your luck? I mean, is that the Red Sox have Andrew Benintendi out there hitting, like, his manager's age, not even his weight, his age at 058. So what they do, they immediately pulled him and put in Kevin Pillar, who's being more productive. The Blue Jays can't really do that in order to spark their offense. They have to hope that these guys can turn it around because there's no cavalry coming on the bench. But again, facing a familiar foe who pitches to a style that a lot of these guys like to hit to. Maybe that's what the Blue Jays need to to jumpstart the bats a bit, and and just get get a win. Like they got the win last night, but just get get a solid. We're gonna knock this guy around the park kind of win because they haven't had that. And I'd really like to see it before you know the season starts slipping away. One thing that won't slip away from you if you go to rockauto.com is the part you need for your car. Rock Auto is a family business been serving auto part customers for 20 years online. You just go to rockauto.com and you can search through hundreds of manufacturers, bunch of auto and body parts. They have engine control modules and brake drums and motor oil and new carpet and whatever the heck you can think to put in your car. You'll likely find it at rockauto.com. You just navigate through their website. It's very easy. You choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you want. And you know you're not getting gouged because they offer the same reliably low price to you, whether you're a professional mechanic or just someone puttering around the garage. So go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available. And then when they ask, how did you hear about us? Right locked on in there so you know everyone gets to feel good and... The economy keeps moving, so help us out. Go to the place with amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. And then while you're working on your car, you're probably building up an appetite and, you know, you don't want to try and make something. Your hands are all covered in oil and junk. So why not just Postmate a meal directly to you? Postmate's really easy to use. It's super convenient. I like using it just because I don't want to deal with cooking. Like, that kitchen gets, like, 35 degrees. I don't want to deal with that. So I can just order something on Postmates. They have no contact deliveries, so it just comes right to the door. I don't have to worry about it. I don't even have to get money out. It's already taken care of. They also have Postmates pickup, so I can use that to order takeout from my favorite local restaurants. Just throw some support their way in a time that's, you know, been difficult for everyone. And I don't even have to just order meals with Postmates. I can order my prescriptions from the pharmacy. I can get 
you know, random stuff from the convenience store if I'm just having a craving for something. I don't know. Sweet chili Doritos. I miss sweet chili Doritos. I want those. But Postmates can get it to me and drop it off outside my door when I just say, screw the diet. You just download Postmates on your phone, find your favorites, get whatever you want delivered within the hour, and for a limited time, you can get $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. You just download the app, use the code Locked On, and get that $100 of free delivery credit for your first week. Promo code Locked On. It's that easy. So anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. You are Locked On Blue Jays. Your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right. So, as promised, we are going to cut now to a snippet of the interview that Aram Layton of Locked On MLB Prospects did with Blue Jays prospect Griffin Conine, who's been spending his time during the pandemic being very productive in working on his hitting stance and, you know, trying to reassert himself as the fourth member of that Sons of MLB Players Club that unfortunately would make them change from, well, I guess Vladdy's not really a B anyway, but still. Griffin wants to be the fourth member of that young second generation beat Oles. Can I say beat Oles? I don't know. I said it. We'll work on it. Griffin's working on it. Hear what he has to say in this interview with Aram Layton. Your swing looks completely different, right? It's quicker. It's shorter the ball. You, what, what are some of the big adjustments that you made? You mentioned timing, timing, timing. And the interesting thing about hitting is it's not cookie cut, right? There's so many different ways you can hit. And some people can hit with like Justin Turner does and have all that movement and all the leg kicks and everything and still be able to time it up well every, every single swing they take. But for you, now you feel better than ever and you haven't even gotten a chance to really leave your backyard. How does that work? Um, yeah, so it's interesting. I, I mean, um, one of the big things uh, that's gone into that is just kind of figuring out um, how my body incorporates to my swing. And that goes along with what you said about how some guys can hit like Justin Turner, or, um, you know, a big leg kick and, and a lot more handsy hitters, you know, Javi Baez. Um, these guys have so many moving parts. It's crazy, but their their bodies are so fluid and, and most likely extremely flexible and mobile that they're able to make these movements and make them work, um, which is, which is really cool to see, you know? Um, but for me, you know, knowing that I'm not that type of guy, um, I'm more in a category that I'm learning is, is um, like a stiff move, stiff moving hitter. So, you know, guys like this um, are like um, guys like Stanton, uh, Nelson Cruz, you know, got big dudes that don't really need a lot of movement to generate power. And they've kind of um, become the epiphany of, of just a short swing that can generate a lot of power because um, they're just built differently. And uh, that's kind of where I started to learn that, you know, the hover um, float front foot load that I was kind of, you know, trying to, to work through uh, and Lansing just was never going to be um, a good move for me. And it never was going to be to the point where I could um, get it consistently timed up every time, you know, it's just never going to work. So um, one of the first things I did was kind of close off, you know, for the first time, as long as I can remember, honestly, I think I, I was open in high school um, for sure. When we played together, I was definitely 
um, always had the open stance for as long as I can remember. Um, but yeah, I, I closed off a bit front foot's a bit in front of the back foot. Um, and that creates just a great angle to left center, which is the main goal there to try to just get all the energy I want is just inside the baseball left center. You know, that's where I wanted to hit it every time basically. Um, and I think, you know, going forward, whenever I, we can play again, um, I think it's, you're, you're going to be, a, it's going to be a lot different, you know, from people that think they have known me or, or seen me hit um, prior, it's going to look a lot different. Um, but I'm excited to, you know, show that whenever, whenever the chance may be. And we've been a little hard on you here. Cause you know, that's, that's the way you are and you have high expectations, but you're being humble right now. Cause I know that you're excited to get on the field because you feel like you can absolutely make that Lansing season look like nothing with how much better you feel at the plate. The closed off thing was interesting to me because when John Carlos Stanton was struggling at his most with the Marlins right before his MVP season, he used to be open as well. And he closed himself off and yeah, he still is always going to have those strikeout issues, but his swing and miss dropped a lot and he started hitting home runs at a ridiculous rate. And that's where we saw the MVP season. I don't think it was a coincidence. It was right after he closed himself off. He also got rid of that toe tap that just wasn't working for him. And with power hitters, you know, you're going to see more off speed pitches, right? And you, that's something that you had to adjust to as the season endured and Lansing with the timing mechanism. Now you've simplified it. Would you say that it makes it easier now to pick up those breaking balls now that you've simplified your timing mechanism with your hands and with your load with your legs? Absolutely. You know, I think that that was the main the main goal was just being able to uh, being able to wait longer to make a decision. And what you're doing by doing that is, um, you know, I'm just trying to gain feet out of the pitcher's hand that I can see the ball. Because, you know, say last year in Lansing, um, I'm making a decision maybe when it's five feet out of his hand, you know, that's when I had to just to time everything up. That was where my brain had to make a call whether I'm going to swing or not. Um, and now we're just trying to basically move that point back as far as we can. So I can, you know, be picking up information as long as possible before I'd be like, all right, I have to commit to a swing. And something interesting too, that um, I've, you know, dive into my own and uh, Hunter men's too, is just, if you look at um, foul ball numbers and check swing numbers, and then I'll be for, the top league leaders, like the top 10 in those categories are, is just like a ridiculous all-star team of just like, you know, Jose Altuve, you know, Cody Bellinger, Anthony Rendon. Those guys are all up there. Mike Trout, you know, these guys, these are the guys that can hold up their swing at the, at the most, at the highest rate. So, you know, they're, they're seeing the pitch as they're swinging and being able to hold up because they're, you know, they're, they're so late with their start. And um, at the same time, they're able to, kind of foul off and spoil really good pitcher pitches and then end up getting a better pitch in the at-bat. So that's kind of um, what I'm basing it off and, and trying to accomplish, be someone that can make really late decisions, but also still be on time consistently and still be able to kind of ch- check the swing at any point. All right. Hope you all enjoyed that. If you want the full interview, uh, check out Locked on MLB podcasts with Aram Layton. He's also the host of Locked On Marlins, but we won't hold that against him, especially since his team is performing way above its pay grade right now. So check that out on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe to it. And while you're there, if you're not subscribed to Locked On Blue Jays, you probably should be. So you can do so on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever service you use to get your podcasts you can subscribe to make sure you don't miss an episode 
You can follow the Locked On Jays podcast at Locked On Jays on Twitter and Facebook. And you can follow me on Twitter at A underscore J underscore Andrews. The underscores that are in there because Twitter is dumb. So I look forward to talking with y'all on Monday. Yes, I'm planning on having an episode on Monday. No, it's been a rarity, but after I take care of some things on Monday, I'm planning on talking with y'all and hopefully talking about a series win over Boston. And then eventually we'll be talking about Aram's Marlins and I will not be saying nearly as nice things about him or his team. So feel free to check that out when it comes out. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss it. And until then, for everyone at the Locked On Podcast Network and everyone at chasefromthecouch.com, I'm A.G. Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. And y'all take care.